wake up everybody no more sleeping in bed no more back to thinking time for thinking ahead this is the game of life Welcome to the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. I'm your host, Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, and I'm pleased to be with my man, my brother, the president of RER Consulting, Ruben Roberts. Ruben, welcome to the Game of Life, brother. Thank you for having me, Gail. It's a pleasure to be here with you again. And Ruben, as I think about the last time we were together in a podcast situation, we had a lot going on. Yes. Uh, there was a lot of political unrest. There was social unrest, uh, the cries for social justice, George Floyd had just died. And so when I think about emotions, and as we talk about mental health today, that's prevalent across all spectrums, anxiety, anger, fear. And so here we are today talking about mental health. Uh, what, where do you think we, where are we in terms of mental health and the need for such? The state of mental health is definitely at a you know an all time high in my regard. Uh, we're dealing with um, still uh, being involved with a pandemic, uh, also having other upper respiratory issues like RSV that's out that's plaguing our kids, and so there's so much uncertainty uh, that's going on. You have folks who are uh, dealing with issues with housing, uh, being priced out of the, the housing markets for the parents. Uh, you have uh, kids who had been uh, families that have been isolated for a while after pan after the pandemic, and and so there's a lot of issues related to stress, depression, anxiety, and so one of the things I think that we need to make sure we do is we make sure that we guide people on a path to wellness, and that's what we do at the COVID nineteen mental health and wellness program. It's very important. Uh, it's important for your listeners to know as well that mental health. Uh, concerns uh, are something that we all deal with. We've all been anxious. We've all been, had some sort of uh, stress. We've all had some sort of depression. Uh, however, you know, the degrees of those things, you know, uh, are varies. And sometimes things are happening for a longer period of time, which makes it a little bit more severe. But we're concerned about what's going on primarily with our kids, your, your littles and your bigs. Uh, to make sure that we can get them the right information and, uh, you know, try to give them some information, uh, some tools that they can use so that they can reach a, a path of wellness. And speaking of that path to wellness, uh, we're going to send out, you know, the, all the information. And so the surveys that the bigs and littles complete, talk to us about that a little bit deeper as well, brother. So, so let me tell you a little bit about how the COVID-19 uh, uh, mental health and wellness program uh, first got off the ground. And, and then I can tell you about the features of the program and then, uh, you know, how you can get involved. So uh, at the height of COVID, uh, around February, going into March, where we were just, you know, 2020, we were just uncertain about what COVID was. Remember, at that time, we had no vaccines. Uh, there was no vaccination. People didn't know, you know, what was going to happen to, uh, you know, to to their families, to our country, uh, or even on a global level. We had no idea. Friend of mine and I, we got together. We were talking. Uh, I have a, a background as a family therapist. Worked with the University of Miami for over twenty years as a family therapist, as a clinician, 
and as a trainer in the model family therapy that we develop. And so my friend says, listen, you know, I see that the municipalities are really working on trying to make some um, adjustments for folks who are being isolated to make sure that they get the proper PPEs, to make sure that they get, you know, whatever housing or food assistance and that sort of thing. But one of the things that uh, we noticed is that at that time, there was really not an emphasis on mental health. And we know that anytime you have those drastic life changes, you know, it's going to affect you from a mental health perspective. Everyone, as like I mentioned before, we all are impacted by mental health issues. Unfortunately, in marginalized communities, uh, there's a stigma associated with any type of mental health diagnosis or uh, just mental health in general. Uh, when you see people who are from the majority community, you know, you'll hear them say things like, oh, I spoke to my therapist today and my therapist said X, Y, and Z. But in the, in, in the marginalized community, it uh, has been seen historically, especially in the Black community, as a sign of weakness. And one of the things that we've done historically is we've always gone to the faith-based community, which is good, to address some of those concerns. Uh, I recently did a, uh, a session. I have a, a series called Wellness Wednesdays that you can find on, uh, on social media, on Facebook specifically. And the topic was entitled, you can have God and a therapist. That's, I like that. Let's pause, let's pause there for a minute. I, I like that because it's not uh, either or. Let's right. just pause for, let's, let's just stay there for a minute because this stigma uh, and obviously uh, big brothers, big sisters, nine out of 10 kids we serve are black or brown. That's and right. so coming from marginalized communities, uh, underrepresented, underserved communities. So we need to have this intentional discussion because when someone says to a child, what's wrong with you, right. as opposed to, you know, from a mental health standpoint, as opposed to, I have a headache, let me treat it. Uh, right. my, my knee hurts, let me treat it. Uh, so I have an injury, I have an ailment. So Ruben, messaging matters, doesn't it? It does. And understanding. So the thing about the mental health part is that you have parents, and I've worked with some of your uh, your bigs before and you have parents and you have bigs that are uh, experiencing kids who are acting out, acting out behavior. You don't know what's going on with them. And so these things that, again, that uncertainty really, really uh, creates more of anxiety and stress. Uh, you have parents who are looking for services for their kids. And this is one of the reaches and they reach out to big brothers and big sisters, try to pair them with, um, uh, a big that that can really guide them in the in the right direction, and yet you've had tremendous success with that. But again, on the on, on uh, there are issues that need to be dealt with um, from a clinical perspective that that definitely we need to attend to. And part of that is making sure that people will understand that it's okay to ask for help, and it's okay if you see that there are some challenges that you quite not you're not aware of. Uh, some of the things that the ways it plays out and, you know, you'll have a kid who's in a home and the parent just can't seem to get up and going, you know, the windows, uh, the, the drapes are drawn, uh, they can't get out of bed, they can barely move and that kid takes on a lot of that responsibility for their younger siblings uh, that their parents uh, just seemingly are not able to do because of the depression. Uh, depending on the severity, it could be a bit extreme and it affects the entire family. So yes, 
we need to make sure that we address these issues in the family. We need to bring about awareness, and that's what the COVID Mental Health and Wellness Program does. And we need to make sure that we give people strategies and techniques about how to go reach that path of wellness and also make sure that we uh, connect people to the appropriate services. One of the things I want to say uh, to you is that we are a culturally and linguistically competent program. All of our collateral information, uh, all of our program offerings are offered in Creole, Spanish, and English. And that is something very important. We live in a multicultural uh, community. And we need to make sure that we can uh, touch base with all all members of the community and make sure that they all reach that path of wellness. What I appreciate about that, uh, Ruben, is the fact that trust is so important. As you mm. mentioned, you know, having that cultural and linguistic uh, and sensitive focus and just making sure that whatever is put out there uh, can be not only translated, but understood. And you used the word understanding earlier understand the language that someone is comfortable because oftentimes the lack of trust, you talked about the stigma and mm -hmm. the lack of trust with organizations and individuals. Uh, can I trust them? Can I really disclose what's really bothering me? What's ailing me mentally and or physically, but in the mental health context, uh, when it comes to just advocates, how important is that in the context of just people asking for help? Because sometimes there's uh, you know, these pre-existing conditions we heard about mm -hmm. during the pandemic, but mental health, there was a lot of pre-existing conditions, depression, anxiety, long before a pandemic as a result of economic, socioeconomic conditions as That's well. Right. How important is advocacy? Advocacy is extremely important. Uh, the advocate, uh, in most cases, understand the their constituency, mm -hmm. and they can speak to that constituency where they, 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 the members of that constituency finds it difficult to express or to share what they're actually experiencing and going through. So there is where the need of advocacy is concerned. And I'm sure uh, that a lot of your bigs do that work too, uh, to make sure that those littles are getting this additional services that they need or informing you some of the challenges that the families are having, where you can refer them to appropriate services with your partner network. And so, yes, advocacy is very important. Uh, so I, I just want to give you a little bit more context about our program before we uh, go further. So, uh, as I said, we developed the COVID mental health and wellness program, and the program was designed to uh, assess, do a mental health assessment uh, on uh, uh, four areas. We're looking at stress, we're looking at stress, anxiety, depression, and levels of support. Levels of support uh, are tremendous. And so what, what happens is that we, and you say, well, why, why are we assessing for these things? It's because we live under such high degree of stress and depression, anxiety, that we normalize it. And so we don't even understand how high our stress levels, our depression levels, or anxiety levels. And therefore, we created a survey. Uh, the survey is uh, 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 created with uh, my research team, who are all university professors, and they uh, also uh, are uh, you utilizing empirically validated instruments. By no means is this a clinical uh, diagnosis, but it is something to inform you that, listen, maybe you need to see someone if your scores are high. So what happens is you take the survey, which is about 12 minutes, and you can take the survey by going to uh, www.mymentalhealthmiami.com. When you go to that website, you can go up to the right-hand corner, click survey, 
and then you can take the survey. If you speak English, Spanish, or Creole, there's a feature on there for you to click which language you'd like to take the survey in. So in most surveys, you don't have, you know, you're giving information, but you don't get anything in return. With this survey, you'll receive a scorecard. That scorecard will tell you where you fell in those four areas that I just previously identified. And once you receive that scorecard, in addition to the scorecard, we have a care coordination team. So we don't just want you to know your score. We want to try to connect you with services. So you have a care coordination team that you can reach out to at 786-433-8487. Again, that number is 786-433-8487. And that care coordination team is powered by a mental health uh, entity called New Horizons. And so what they'll do is they'll uh, do a brief assessment with you, and then they'll connect you with services. All of the services are not uh, mental health. Sometimes they're environmental uh, issues like housing, like uh, employment, like food. Uh, and so these uh, care coordination team members will connect you with the appropriate services for the parents uh, and, and the kids in most cases. You must be 18 years and older. We have not. We're working on doing something for the youth, but uh, which is much needed. We need to assess the youth. But what we have, there are a lot of uh, barriers to that right now. But we're we're working on uh, d- addressing those barriers. But you you once you once you uh, get the information uh, for those who are 18 years or older, we encourage you to not only um, seek additional services, but we give you access to a place that will give you services. In addition to uh, what we're doing with the survey and the scorecard. We also have uh, outreach activities where we go out into the community and we do informational sessions. We do path to wellness exercises. We do mindfulness training. We do yoga, uh, that sort of thing. Nutrition, uh, where we'll do those demonstrations so people can know because nutrition is definitely a great part about how it affects your mental health. If you're not eating properly, it affects your body. It affects your motivation, that sort of thing. And then we have our Wellness Wednesdays. And on our Wellness Wednesdays, we have different uh, 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 a series of speakers that, that come in and they're interviewed by me. And then they'll be able to, uh, you know, answer some of the questions for folks who may not feel comfortable going to uh, a, a physician or a, a clinician. Uh, you know, that, that Wellness Wednesdays may be the, the impetus to really motivate folks to come. And you can, if you don't catch us on the Wellness Wednesdays on our Facebook page, you can actually see the videos that we have done of those sessions in Spanish, English, and Creole on our website at www.mymentalhealthmiami.com. So you can go there, look at the video sections, and you'll see that information. So in a nutshell, that's what we do. We want to make sure that we, uh, we assess for the status inform you of your status, connect you to resources through our care coordination team, also inform you of uh, different uh, ways to, to to go on that path to wellness through our our, our our video vignettes that you can find on our website and on our Facebook page. And then also primarily to really reduce the stigma associated uh, with mental health diagnosis, especially in the marginalized communities. So folks can uh, get services. Listen, just this year alone, the school system just the school uh, schools just opened up, 
and we've had two public uh, publicized suicide attempts from kids. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine how many it's actually happened that, that were not publicized. We have kids who are going through issues with body shaming, uh, issues with just peer pressure, you know, very impressionable ages, and they're dealing with a lot of pressures. And their pressures seem insurmountable, insurmountable to them because they haven't had enough life experience, right, to know that there's an other side of it. Right. But, uh, go ahead. But now, with that, Ruben, to that point, uh, and as we think about children, mm-hmm. the mindset, That's the right. limited, you just touched on it, the limited life experiences. I just saw a recent report where there was a recommendation that all children eight and up be tested for anxiety. It speaks to what you just said as it relates to these kids. Okay, somebody ridiculed me, mocked me, cracked right. on me, as we used to say growing up. Right. And, you know, again, growing up, as you know, I mean, somebody talk about your mama, those are fighting <laughs> words. They, you know, they, they needed some other kind of help. But right. We called it the dozens back in our day. And that was just right. that that's just was a part of it. Everybody played the dozens, you know, everybody so. played the dozens. <laughs> but now, but speak to if you can, as it relates to this, you, know, you talk about two public suicide attempts, but these children uh, with so much, it seems like it's so much more weight it than is. it was. And we had our issues. I mean, I grew up inner city. Uh, single mom, parents divorced when I was two. So as it relates to adverse childhood experiences, my ACE score was probably pretty high based on socioeconomic factors, Mm -hmm. based on the divorce, single mom, public housing. But let me tell you something, that mother and that grandmother surrounded us with love, coaches, teachers. So things that mitigate the adverse childhood experiences, so many children are lacking that. And that's why we exist as an organization as well. Right. And that's why that level of support is also being assessed. And that's what your organization does. You know, it really provides that relief, that support that those families need. So in in talking about what those kids are going through, the difference between the kids uh, now and the kids when we were younger, we didn't have access to as much information uh, as these kids do today. Uh, Right. (laughs) Through the social media, the phone, that sort of thing. And then the other thing is that we couldn't hide behind uh, social media. Well, today, with the advent of social media, you can be whoever you want to be. And then you can also create a lot of uh, conflict. Uh, we've had several um, kids who got into beefs with each other over social media. In fact, uh, uh, we've had kids who ended up uh, uh, creating, uh, 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 being involved in serious crimes. Um, uh, King Carter, King uh, Carter, I believe his name was, yes. uh, was one as a result of that. Two kids had a beef. Uh, kid came over to the apartment complex where King Carter lived, and uh, the and, and started shooting. And and this kid who was just going to the candy lady's house ended up getting killed because of a social media beef. And so these are the things that we're dealing with with with, with parents and kids. And this is one of the things that we went on that path of wellness. For the parents that just, if you see that your child is being, is isolated, if you see that they're being withdrawn in terms of the, just their mood and their affect, you need to be mindful of that. You need to pay attention to that. Their eating habits, uh, that sort of thing. And if you notice these things, then it's, 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 it's vitally important that you connect those kids to services because they may not feel comfortable speaking to you, but you need a professional that can really work with them 
uh, uh, so that they can get that additional support. And it's not only that, you know, you have kids who, who may have moments of mania where they're, you know, just super active, they're restless, can't stay still, find themselves getting uh, called out in the classroom a lot. When you see those types of things, those are indicators right away that there's something going on with my child and I need to get services for my child. So getting them involved with big brothers and big sisters is a good thing, but also making sure that you connect them with services that are culturally competent. And that's one of the things I can say. I know you don't use that word as much in your program, but I know that you guys have a level of cultural competency in the work that you do so that you can speak to people in their language. You can make sure that you can understand their culture. If you understand their culture, you you can connect with them better. And that's important in terms of engagement. But those things about paying attention to what's going on, and not only the kids, the parents as well. When you see parents who are dealing with anxiety and stress, if you see that something is off kilter, then these are these are signs and indicators that they, that something is going on and we really need to try to get to some better understanding of what's going on, where you may be, you know, the person itself may be totally lost, uh, you know, and not aware. What I appreciate about what you're saying, we're here on the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast with Ruben Roberts, President and CEO of RER Consulting. And Ruben, what you have mentioned in a very holistic, very sequential manner, it's just like coaching. You've seen me coach. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and you do a great job. No, thank you. You brother. had one of the best players in your son. I mean, and he was a leader on that floor too, man. So yeah, I've seen you. I've seen you. But with, with that and to that point, and thank you, brother. But the whole concept of coaching is there's a sequential nature. There's a clear goal in mind. There's steps that you take. There's teammates you need to leverage and make better. And right. so when we talk about parents that face these anxieties providing for their kids. And most of our, the, the littles that come to us come from single female headed households. So there's right. some pre-existing anxiety and stress that that mama or grandmama is feeling or that auntie who needs to take care of those kids. And so those kids pick up on that during the so let me Let me add this too. Yes, sir. And in most cases, it's multi-generational and you normalize it. It does. You don't think that it is stressful behavior, but it is stress. It is. Uh, it can be uh, anxiety provoking. It can cause depression. So I just wanted to add that in there. No, that's very relevant. And it speaks to what becomes normal. This is just who we are. This is just, how, exactly. no, we don't have to live with high blood pressure. You right. don't have to live with, you know, all these, all these, these conditions pre-existing do that's something right. about break the cycle. That's and right. That's where, when we talk about mentoring, we talk about mental health. I mean, it all works together as it relates to that wellness, physical right. you know, health and wellness. Don't forget the mind. Right. Exactly. The mind is a, listen, the mind controls every aspect. And if the mind is not healthy, if the mind is not healthy, then you can't be healthy. You, you know, you, you, you'll see folks who make impulsive decisions mm. that they know are not in their best interest. You'll see folks that use uh, means to uh, alleviate their stress by self-medicating. And that self-medication uh, through whatever means you use can cause other problems. It leads to other problems. And these are the things that we need to address on a global level. We see violence in our community happening more and more. And especially, think about it. I want your listeners to think about this. 
if you go through any neighborhood in the in the urban community, inner city community, you'll see shrines uh, uh, on the corners where kids who have been gunned down, uh, you know, innocent kids who've been gunned down by, you know, folks who are just using gunplay. You'll see kids, if you go to the schools, uh, walking around with a church that memorialized the loss of a friend or a loved one. And this happens in the inner and urban communities and inner city communities at an alarming rate. You don't see them in, in, in more, uh, you know, majority communities like that. You don't see those shrines like that. You don't see the memorialized church but at the age of 10, if you have a wardrobe where you can find for every day of the week, you can put on a shirt that memorializes someone who's young, just like you, that becomes your norm. And it's not the norm. It's not something that should be the norm, rather. And it's something that definitely plays on you. But that becomes your reality, and it becomes normal. And then, therefore, your expectations for life expectancy for just how you navigate through life changes. Your whole outlook on life changes. And so this is one of the reasons why we want to address these issues that we have. And that one of the reasons why we put the COVID program in, because what COVID did was just exacerbated that whole issue that we're just talking about. It absolutely added insult to injury. And yes. certainly it's something we all had to deal with. And COVID did not discriminate at all. Right. Uh, and so with that, we talk about coaching. And normalization. And Ruben, I could talk to you all day, brother. That's why I just appreciate you, brother. Uh, and so just a few more minutes of your time, please. Yes. Norm, but things are normalized. When I look at sports, we talked about coaching and my involvement in sports. I've coached all my kids and family is important to me. Faith is important to me. Yes. And, and intentionality is important to me. That's right. When I see uh, these kids and I see, we, we, again, mentors, we, women volunteered a rate of three to one compared to men. Yes. Three to one. Let me let that sink in for a minute for our listeners. And so more men getting involved in the mentoring space. Mm. Some of the things, and I've seen the research, things that can help mitigate some of these things, these young men crying out for that, that positive male role model. Uh, I had that through coaches and all of that. But one of the things that's so important, when we take winning the game more important, and I love, I'm a coach, and uh, believe me, I hate to lose, but you have to put life in perspective. This past Saturday, I saw two major Division I teams, a young man being beaten with a helmet after the game. Right. One thing. And, again, I didn't know what led up to and all of that, but that's, that should not be normalized. There was, right. a, there was a, at a youth football game. Someone got shot after the game right. in, tech, in Texas. Right. And so, and sadly, all these cases involve black men. Every, the ones I'm speaking of, right. black men. And so when our young people think, okay, it's normal to fight after a game, it's normal to shoot after a game. And here are sports as a great way to release. You can kind of, you know, again, get, get that tension and anxiety out in a legal, healthy way. All I'm saying, Ruben, is it's so important that we as men, and so we go through things in life. It's been a tough year for us. And you and I have been there for each other, losing Michael Finney losing our brother yes. Jenkins. Yes. We, we came together as men to be there for one another. And I want to thank you for that as well, because that was so important. And so these kids need, sometimes uh, you just need to just say, stop. 
Because when people start fighting now, when kids see a fight, you know what they're doing, Ruben? The first thing they're doing, camera, right? they're recording the fight. Right. As opposed to, wait a minute, let's, let's break this up. And so I want to make sure that our, our littles, our bigs understand that sitting here watching someone get beaten and you're recording it to post it is not normal because some, like you said, rest in peace, King Carter, who have lost their lives as a result of some of this artificial let me just i can be in whatever i want to be in the cyber bullying space and it's so important our kids recognize resolving conflict ruben is where i'm going resolving yes. conflict in a non-violent way i can disagree with you ruben we can maybe even our voices are raised but at some points things need to calm down we need to co- resolve the conflict we may disagree look at the political discourse i don't have to we had violence in that context most recently right. So in every walk of life, violence is rearing its ugly head because I disagree with you or because right. we, lost, we lost the game. And there, and there, in addition to that, I must add, uh, racial tensions. Yes, sir. We've had, we've had shootings in churches, in synagogues. Thank you, brother. Places that are supposed to be the most sacred place. You wouldn't even ever think where, you know, and, and Dylan uh, Ruth, uh, who shot after people were praying with him. Uh, so that is a sign of someone that's not stable. That's a sign of a troubled mind. And one of the things that we hope to, that there are more opportunities to reach that path of wellness than there are those opportunities to exploitate uh, folks with those impressionable minds to lead them on a path of destruction. And so definitely we have to make sure that we bring the mental health and wellness to the forefront that we incorporate it in all that we do, because if we're not, if we're promoting more of violence and we find that more socially acceptable, instead of finding having grace, right? And 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 redemption mm. as being acceptable. And I think that that's something that we need to really focus on. Uh, but we have to be aware first that there is something that is off. And that is not, you know, we are human. We are social beings. This is not um, uh, a a humanitarian type of thing when we start uh, acting out our anger with violence or, you know, transgressions that we experience with violence. Instead of looking for redemption, instead of looking for grace, you know, extending grace, I would rather someone uh, choose to extend grace when they feel that they have been wronged, as opposed to uh, doubling down on the wrong by uh, you know doing something in, a, in an aggressive or violent manner to whoever they feel that wronged them. And that's the place that I'm hoping that we can get back to, that when we have our dialogue on a political level, when we see adults, these kids learn from us. When you see adults, when you see the lead, the heads of state uh, that says, beat them, knock them over the head. If you see that, what are we teaching our kids? When we see these, uh, we're in campaign season and we see these negative ads and we see these people portraying others in a very negative way, what are we teaching our kids? When you see these reality TV shows and, you know, t- television is 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 one of uh you know our kids and some families their teacher they learn a lot by watching but when they see adults acting poorly behaving badly 
we are setting that example. We are, we are feeding those impressionable minds. And so we have to roll it back to a place to where we were more gracious, where we, uh, you know, appreciated the humanity in, in, in the individual and we treated folks with respect. Uh, this is these are this is the path to wellness that part of the path to wellness that you know we really want to focus on. But you first have to be aware that something is not right about behaving in that way, and whatever it is that uh, um, that motivates me to to behave in that way, then I need to take a look at and and see if I can address that issue. Ruben, I'm grateful for the time you that we've redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> today i am grateful for our relationship and yes, i so hope I. and i'm so uh, hopeful for our young people that they can see brothers like us having this kind of discourse having the relationship we have and to uh, commend one another mm. commending you is not at my expense supporting you is not at my expense quite frankly i want to invest and give to make sure that brothers like you are can continue to do the work that you are doing. And I want to say that out loud because so many, I do the head nod test when I travel. I go through airports, Ruben, and I will put this on record today. I will see brothers, this is not just kind of do the little head nod. <laughs> I don't always get it back. Sometimes back, back. I get the, I don't know you. I'm thankful that you passed the one, the head nod test, mm-hmm. two, uh, that we're able to team up and do so much good, not only in South Florida, but wherever. Uh, these airwaves will, will take us through the lens of technology. So thank you for being with us today, brother. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate all the work that you do, uh, brother Gail. And one of the things in, in, in that's in keeping with what you just said, a phrase that I heard first from you that I have taken license to use is that collaboration is not competitive. And I use that, uh, you know, extensively uh, throughout my talks and that sort of thing. So yes, collaborating with folks, making sure that you know uh, we're working towards a common goal to make a difference in a positive way, so that we can see the humanity in each other, so that we can make sure that we give a we are the examples uh, of the change that we seek. And I think that you do an excellent job of that, and I appreciate you. I just want to again encourage folks who are listening to go to uh, the website, take their their survey. You go to mymentalhealthmiami.com, and uh, once you get to that page, uh, you will see in the upper right-hand corner uh, three lines where it says survey. Click on the link, take the survey, get your scorecard, know your score, and then go on your path to wellness. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. I was joined today by Ruben Roberts, president of RER Consulting. It's okay to ask for help. You got a lot of it today. Go to the website. Miami, mymentalhealthmiami.com, mymentalhealthmiami.com. Get that survey. It's okay to ask for help because in the game of life, everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. Let's go. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back to thinking. Time for thinking ahead. This is the game of life. (laughs) 